It's Joe Benigno and Evan Roberts on The Fan. Joe and Evan, Evan and Joe, on WFAN Sports Radio. If you want to be in the New York, no, gotta go with Joe and Evan, Evan and Joe. 66 on your AM dial, 101.9 FM, Joe and All right, 203 on the fan, and a very good Monday afternoon to you. Beningo and Roberts in the afternoon, 877-337-6666 is the phone number. Here, of course, till 6 o'clock, the uh, sports betting show. JJ, John Jastrzemski, uh, of course, sponsored by DraftKings, will come your way. I, I, it could be Ernie Acosta, it could be Tommy Lugow, it could be Dove Kramer. It's not Dove because he's on vacation this week. So one of those two guys on the other side of the glass. And we're live from the Town Fair Tire studio where nobody, 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 and nobody on uh, nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. Bro, how are you? You feeling better? Oh, ten times. You know what the problem was on Friday? The Nets? Well, <laughs> <laughs> and Sunday. Friday and Sunday. Right. I, after you get anesthesia, which I had Friday, you wake up and you feel like you're you're drunk. I mean, that's basically the way it feels. Like, right. I couldn't yeah. say no, things. I, absolutely. I couldn't think properly. It was so bad, and you know the way I am with the Nets. I'm falling asleep in the third quarter of a playoff game. Kind of like how them. messed up I was. <laughs> yeah, pretty much like that. You know, by the time the series was over last night at about 6.40, right, at tip-off, I mean, my fate was accepted, and it's it's kind of disappointing because they played so well in those bubble games and the seeding games that it probably yeah. built up the they expectations. They got the wrong team here. I mean, I, I tell you, this team's on, on a mission, and I, I would not – if I as a, if I'm a betting man, I would bet they come out of the East right now. I don't know what kind of odds I would get on them, but I, I would think they do. Well, they got a lot of things going for them. First of all, they probably have the best head coach in this conference in Nick Nurse, maybe the best coach in the NBA. I know Eric Spolster can certainly give him a run for his money. But the guy has done an outstanding job since he took over two years ago. They defend. They, they never, don't. you know, over the course of a 48-minute game, even in the playoffs, you'll see teams that drop their effort level. They don't. They just don't drop their effort level. Uh, they play great team basketball. They take it to the basket, too. They're not just a team that sits out there and chucks up three after right. three. And they can hit threes, too, so oh, they can no, do well, both. Yeah. Yeah, but they do go to the hoop, which is yep. good to see. I will I will have the, to say that. The one concern about Toronto moving forward, and I got to tell you, after they annihilated my team, that is the team I look at and say that's the team I want to see come out of the East. Right. That's the team I'm yeah. going to root for. I would agree. And it's kind of easy when you look at the other options. I'm never going to root for the Boston Celtics, nor are you. No. <laughs> no. Nice work by Philly. They gave him some oh, series, huh? God. Wow. <laughs> we'll get into that. But I think the one concern is final minute of a game, like you saw yesterday afternoon with Luca. Yep. Who yep. is the ball going in the hands of? Is it Kyle Lowry? Is it Pascal Siakam? Is it Fred Van Vliet, who was tremendous in this series? I think that's the one thing about him. And that's what they obviously had last year with Kawhi, an right. elite player where there was no of question. Course. Of course. I think that's the one fair question about the Raptors. But look, the Nets lost to a far superior team. And it's off to next year. It's off to daydreaming about Greg Popovich, which I still don't think will happen, but I do think they have a puncher's chance is the way I'd look at well, it. Well, you know you got Durant and Kyrie coming there. I mean, that yeah. you know. So. Well, you know what the thing is, and maybe this isn't fair or not, Joe? I was reading an article, and it was incredibly obnoxious, but I read it, so I guess the job was done on Barstool. I don't know why I was going there for this, but I read a 
an article on Barstool that basically the Nets are the most delusional franchise in the world to think that Greg Popovich would leave San Antonio and come to Brooklyn. Mm. And the truth is, if this was 13 months ago, Joe, I'd say, of course, that's 100% true. Who the heck's coming to the Nets? But I think in my mind, and to all 75 Nets fans out there, what's changed things, the reason why you can think bigger is because these two guys came here in Durant and Kyrie Irving, and I never thought that would happen. Sure. So, and, and, and the Spurs are certainly not a championship team right now. I mean, so, uh, you know, that window is long shut now. Oh, absolutely. But th- this is what you should do. You're looking for a new head coach. You go try to get the best head coach out there, even though he's not really out there because he signed for another year. But you at least mm. explore the possibility. If it doesn't happen, and I'm about, I'd say right now, Joe, I'm about 85 you to 90 percent. give up Levert for him with a year to go on his deal? <laughs> I got to give up players for him? Well, I mean, if he's got a year to go on his deal. I mean, we've seen this before with managers, right? We've seen guys get uh, traded for uh, players giving up for managers. I would trade a, I would trade draft picks. I'm not trading a player like Karis LeVert. I can't Dinwiddie? No, I, can't, I don't want to do that. No, I'm just saying. I'm, I, I'm not saying you want to. You know to. what, Joe? You know what I'll give him? There. You know what? I'll give him, Rodion, give him I'll give him Rodion's career. nice of you. <laughs> TLC? You give him TLC? Yes, I'll give him TLC. I'll okay. give him Donon Musa. Right. But, I, but I would give up draft picks because I think when you're mm-hmm. trying to win a championship, you use draft picks a little bit differently. You know, you use it to try to add that final piece. But look, I, I'm like 80% sure he's not going to take it, but I do think they have a puncher's chance, and they should try. Well, it's worth a shot. I mean, look, I mean, it, it'll make them the most unlikable team in the league. That's fine. But, uh, but, but that, you know, you don't care about that. That's, you know what, you know, though, Joe? Let me ask you this. Right now, right. going into next year, I don't care who the head coach is. I'm the head coach. Jacques right. Vaughn's the head coach. You're the head coach. They're not likable. They they're not likable to no. a lot of people. Not with Durant and Irving there, and that's no. okay. They that's were likable now. I mean, right? You know, I, I sure. You know, I, I, they were a very likable team uh, that we saw that just got eliminated. But uh, they will become a they heal, as you say. They should and absolutely look, and that that's fine. I'll embrace it because for all the teams I've rooted for, even the Islanders right now who get set to open up this best of seven with the Flyers, maybe the and you tell me because I was too young. I wasn't even born right. for a big right. part of it. I don't know if any of my teams have ever been heels. Maybe the 86 Mets, maybe the Islanders during the dynasty. I guess Rex Ryan sort of healed the Jets up a little bit in 2009 and 2010. I guess he did. did. A little bit. Right. I never looked at the Islanders dynasty as heels. I I, I just kind of looked at them as one of the, you know, all-time greats. Right. You appreciated that. So I didn't really, uh, you know, I mean, look, the Rangers could never beat them then. But, I mean, you know, they did beat them in 79. Right, but that right before the, right before yeah. the dynasty started, that was kind of the, you know, the final, uh, you know, okay, now it's time to win deal. And how about the fact that we get a replay of the '80 finals here with the Flyers, which, by oh, the yeah. way, is a tremendous. Uh, this is a very a lot of sex appeal in that series. You just wish that they'd be playing these games in the regular arenas with the fans. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I will say that when you, when you're well, talking Flyers Islanders. Man, that would really add to it even more. That's, it's just unfortunate it, that it's not in that situation. As much as I try to forget about it, with all the sports we've been watching, right, whether it's right. the NBA, whether it's Luka Doncic's moment yesterday right. that would have been electric if it was in Dallas. I mean, just right. imagine oh, of course. Oh, of course. Oh, my God, the electricity of that place after he hits that shot over Reggie Jackson. But you're right, because I do have great respect for the city of Philadelphia. Not their teams, certainly not you know a lot of their fans, but... Jokes aside, no, their fans are great. They're very, very passionate. And so to imagine a best-of-seven series between the Islanders and Flyers, they haven't played in the playoffs since 87. It's been is a very really long time. Is that the last time they played? In the, yeah. That's the last time. Did the Flyers get so, to the finals that year and lose? I think they did. I think they did, yeah. yeah. 
So to imagine a series like this with the crowds being as electric and as vocal as they'd be, of course you lose something from it. But I'll tell you this, bro, I don't know if you feel this way over the last few weeks, watching the NHL playoffs, watching the NBA playoffs, even baseball. I've just gotten used to it. Like, it's sports. You know, the crowd adds to it, but it's sports. You're still watching. The basketball and the hockey... Uh, the baseball is starting to get to me with these cutouts. I mean, I, I'd, be, I'd be lying to you if I didn't say that. What do you mean getting you know, to the you? fake noise and the cutouts. I mean, I, I really had enough of them, I, honestly. That's it. So with the NBA and the NHL, it doesn't bother you're me content. as much. Okay. It doesn't bother me as much. I guess it's because of the, you know, the fact that they're not just playing in this massive, you know, 45, 50,000 seat empty stadium. You know what I mean? Well, you know, it it's makes funny. it a little more easier to deal with. I'll say it, that. Yeah, what what I think has helped with both of these sports, the winter sports here in the middle of August, is I really like what the NBA's done with the virtual fans. That has grown yeah, on me. Yeah, it's interesting. It's and, interesting. And the WWE, for anyone out there that actually likes pro wrestling, they have followed suit where they built this thing that they're calling the Thunderdome. Right. And they've that. got Joe, thousands right. of screens with fans. Right. Right. So right. it looks very cool. Like I watched their pay-per-view last night. It was the first time I'd watched wrestling in six months where it felt like a big event. It just felt big. Go. Because of what they did. Where was that? In, that in Tampa? Where was that? What they did is they took the Amway Center where the Magic play, and they've oh, just made oh, so it they're their in Orlando, arena. too. So everybody's yeah, in Orlando. That's right. They're in Orlando, too. I didn't even think about that part. And I think with the NHL, because the NHL's in a big arena, too. I mean, they're, they're just oh, yeah. not. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I think they've done a good job of kind of keeping your eye off of the fact that it's a big arena. Like, you sort of forget about it. And the truth yeah. is, like, I'm watching the Islander Capital game. I watched a lot of the Flyer-Canadian game over the weekend, Friday night, I think it was. My memory is, yeah, Friday night when they played that game, game six. And I'm more into the action and who's winning and everything going on in the game that I just, I yeah. forget about the fact that there's no crowd. I forget about the fact that they're yeah. in an empty arena. It just but, doesn't phase but, me anymore. But, but a lot of appeal to that series. And, and give the Islanders credit, man. They have played tremendous hockey, 7-2 and two. Uh, so far uh, in the bubble, you know, in these two playoff series, got to call that first series a playoff. No doubt. And, and they, you know, well, they're, they're playing well. I mean, they're, they're, they they certainly can win. I mean, I, oh, I don't, no doubt. Anybody playing right now with the eight teams that are left in hockey, any can win the cup. Yeah. And, and nobody would surprise me. Right. And I, they certainly have a chance, especially with yep. the way they've yep. played. No doubt. They had in the Washington series, and it was exposed the day after when Coach Reardon got fired. They had a significant head coaching edge because Barry Trotz is one of the best head coaches yep. in the world. Yep. They are now facing a guy that you're familiar with and a guy who, wherever he's gone, I know he hasn't won the cup yet, and maybe he never will. Hopefully he never will. It's no offense to him. But you are talking about a guy in Elaine Vigneault who has gotten teams very far. I mean, he got well, your team to, the to the a Stanley a Cup. Times. He went yeah. to the finals even before Vancouver. that. Right? Right. Right. He, right. He took Vancouver to the Stanley right. Cup. He's a good coach, Vigneault. Hell I, of a I coach. Would, I would say he's a very good coach. No Hell doubt. of a coach. I'm not yep. saying he's better than Barry Trotz, but no. what I am saying is that they are now competing with a team that's led on a right. sort of right. equal competence level than what we saw in the Washington series. Because the Capitals couldn't wait to get rid of Reardon as soon as that series was over. Yeah, and well, I understand why. They've underachieved the last two years since Trotz left. Yep, yep, yep. I totally get it. A little bit of but, a hangover from the cup, too. I'm, I'm sure it is. Well, I don't know. It's been two years now. How long yeah, do you get that hangover? Yeah. It's tough to follow that kind of a coach, though. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not defending him, but, I mean, I just is. You know, let's be no, honest. No doubt. Because but the look, Islanders were clearly, I mean, you know, clearly the better team. 
They outplayed them. And probably should have swept them, too. I mean, you know, they, sure. they had the 2-0 lead in game four, but whatever. They did what they had to do. The only thing that scares me, and it, it shouldn't because it's irrelevant, is thinking back to how quickly things changed a year ago when they took care of Pittsburgh right. in four That's straight true. and how quickly everything looked different in that series with You Carolina. know one thing, though? No, I really think I look back at last year. You know, you played that first-round series in, in Nassau and you played the second round at Barclays. And to me, that was a factor. I'm sorry. And, and now you're not going to have that issue now. That issue doesn't exist now. Yeah, the Islanders made one change after knocking off Washington. They got to change their hotel. Yeah, which... I saw that. I heard that, yeah. <laughs> and if Was they... that done on purpose, or what, what, what was the reason? I think that? what happened is the, the teams they were sharing the hotel with all got eliminated. So they were the only team left in the hotel. I see. And so they I moved see. them to, I guess, the Hotel X or whatever the heck it's called. The reason why that's actually a good thing, it's probably, you know, a decent thing, is if you're in the same hotel, in the same hotel room for weeks at a time, it's probably nice to shake it up a little bit. Yeah, I would think so. Just to see something yeah, different. Yeah, I, I would, <laughs> yes. And if, they, and if they win, they get out of Toronto. So that's kind of cool, too. Right. Well, if they, win, if they win the East, they get out of Toronto. No, no, no. If they win this round, the Eastern oh, really? Conference Finals and the Western Conference oh, Finals. Oh, are in Vancouver? Canada. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't realize oh, yeah. it. So both the – oh, wow. So the conference finals are all in Vancouver. That's right. They would get okay. out of Toronto, and that'll be a good thing too. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I, besides just getting to the conference right. finals. Right, right. But it, it's very, very exciting. I didn't realize that. I thought that uh, – I thought only the finals were there. No, no, no they're going to do both rounds. Okay. I, you know, we didn't have any baseball this weekend. I thought the NBA was very entertaining. And Luka Doncic yesterday mm-hmm. – look, he's been a superstar since he walked in the league. Okay, I think we all know that. We know he's been an elite level since he walked in the league. But in the NBA, probably more so than any other sport, it's what you do in big moments in the playoffs that a lot of ways are going to define you. And yesterday, you saw, and it's not just the game-winning shot, which is obviously the headline, but the way he played that game yesterday with Kristaps Porzingis out. And Nick fans, take your shots. What a, what a surprise, right? You should take, and you know what kind of annoyed me? Please. I'm going to sound like a Nick fan right now, but you know what annoyed me? What's that? I feel like at times, and maybe I do it too and you do it too, there's always an excuse to take a shot at the Knicks, no matter what happens. Like, let's take oh, a God. shot at the Knicks. Okay. Oh, they're a punching bag. The Knicks are a punching bag. Let's right. be honest. And a lot of it is well-deserved, but sometimes right. it's right. like excessive. Right. Like, all right, right, we get it. Right. I didn't see that much, you know, cheap shots or shots at Porzingis yesterday. You know, why not? Here is a playoff game. Mm-hmm. They are down two games to one. They need him. He's clearly the second best player on the team. And all of a sudden, he's not there. And there was very, there were almost crickets in talking about that. Meanwhile, the Knicks get shots for everything yeah. possible. Trey Burke has a big game. Let's take a shot at the Knicks. And here's Porzingis. And I'm not saying this means they won the trade. They lost the trade. We can't reexamine the trade every 30 seconds. But one of the big fears about Kristaps Porzingis is this, is yep. availability. Yep. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt. But in a lot of ways, him not playing in this game four, and he better be healthy. They need him to be healthy for game five, six, and maybe seven. What added to it is the legend of Luka. Because I thought what we saw yesterday afternoon on a lot of levels was the first installment, really, in the legend of what this guy can be. Because if you look at what he's accomplished in the first two years in the league, and I'm not just talking statistically, but sure, look at the stats. And now... Getting this season, getting this series even two and two, and the kind of playoff performance we saw yesterday afternoon, it's tough to find that many guys, Joe, that have accomplished as much as Luca has in the first two years of his career. Well, I mean, uh, you know, they're a dangerous team because they have him. I mean, let, let's be real. 
Let's be real about that. No he's a, he's a game-changing kind yep. of player. and yep. the He's cons- a franchise player. I mean, I think you could say oh. that. Oh, he's, Clearly. He's one of the top five players in the league. He's yes. a franchise player. That's he is he, a superstar. He's one of those guys. He's one of those handful of guys that is that guy. And, and, and for a lot of guys in this league, you kind of need that playoff moment to really mm-hmm. stamp yourself as a superstar. Well, he gave that to you yesterday. If that's what you were waiting for from Luka Doncic, you got it yesterday. And it was incredible. And then remember, they had Kawhi on him defensively because I was looking forward to that. Kawhi defending Luka on that final play. And they set a screen and had a switch. And so that's why Reggie Jackson was on him. And look, Reggie did everything he could. Luka just did a crazy shot. He did. He did. No, he, yeah, he, did. he was there. He was on him. No question. But it's crazy to look at that team when they drafted him and the talent that was around them. And look, they're a better team now, obviously, but it's not like he walked into that situation and they were loaded with talent. And look at how quickly the Mavericks have become this really dangerous team out West. And what's making him even more dangerous is the self-inflicting issue that the Clippers have, and that's Paul George. Paul George is a mess right now. Doc Rivers has to deal with some crisis management because this guy's got to have no confidence. His shooting has been awful. And, you know, I thought of you, actually, because you always say, I believe in karma, I believe in karma. And I'm like, yeah, karma. I do. I'm a big karma guy, as you know. playoff P. Instant karma. Well, listen to this karma. He's the one who took shots at Damian Lillard as he was missing free throws during the seeding games and mocking how Damian Lillard was going to go home. Now, look, Damian will end up going home because the Lakers are going to win that series. But right now, the main reason why the L.A. Clippers are involved in this 2-2 series and they aren't up 3-1 or this series is over is because Paul George has been god-awful in these four playoff games. So he set up some bad karma with what he was doing with Damian Lillard a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, you don't do that. Never do that. Ne- never, never, never do anything like that because you're just setting yourself up for later getting smacked in the face. And you know what Paul I'm said? I'm a big believer in that. Paul said something very interesting, and it relates to what you brought up earlier about the crowds and getting used to it and all that. You know, because I give Paul George credit. He answered every question on Zoom about his struggles. And he said that what may be hurting him is the fact that there isn't that hostile crowd. Mm. That sometimes the hostile crowd who's mocking you, who's right. crushing you. I can you, see that. Would motivate you. I yeah. Get almost I get, get you out of your slump. And so he talked about how it has to be you know, almost self-motivation, which it you know, better be because they know, need funny. him to step up. And, and, and I don't mean to jump into golf here quickly, but I, I only, only because Rory McIlroy, who did not play well over this week, I think he, uh, he played, I think he wound up either even or one under whatever it was here at the uh, Northern Trust, in an interview yesterday basically said that, basically said what Paul George said. He said that he, he has not been as motivated, he has not been as into it, and he cites the fact that the crowd not being there as being a factor. So I just I, so this is Paul George is not the first guy to make a, to to say something like that. And I thought that was very interesting. And he actually said, "I am not as into it." He said, "The crowd, I, I, the motivation isn't the same without the without the fans." I so, saw Rory. I think it was Friday. Hit a chip shot backwards into the water. Yeah. Did you huh? see that? No, I did not see it. <laughs> that I, was something else. I did not see that. I did not see that. That was one of my favorite moments of yeah. this uh, golf over the weekend. I did Besides the fact that. that Dustin Johnson won by 37 oh, strokes. Dustin Johnson just annihilated the field over the week. I mean, what he, you know, he <laughs> shot a 60 the other day, and he backed it up with, what, 65? I don't know. What did he, what did he shoot, 67 yesterday? No, no, I think yesterday he was seven on the par. I think it was like 64 yesterday. So he really just destroyed the field. I think he's only the third guy, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, only the third guy in the history of the PGA Tour to get to 30 over and winning a tournament. 
Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal.